Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So we are now entering the, the fall months, and at least if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you can just imagine yourself on a cool, crisp night. You get to the end of the day and you think, you know, it'd be nice. I think it'd be nice to me because maybe we can make a little fire, maybe a little campfire, a little fire pit out in our backyard, and we can sit around and we can tell stories. Well, that is what I'm going to do to, to start off our show. And it's, it's, it's a story about something near and dear to all of our hearts. It's the story of the App Store. Um, the name of the story <laughs> is That's Great Apple, But. So our story begins, like all great stories, in 2008. I'm not sure why all stories start in 2008, but that's when this one starts. And the App Store is a simpler place. It is a place where apps are either free or they're paid. And at the time, there's not much in the way of advertising because advertising for mobile platforms doesn't exist because mobile platforms only just barely exist. So an app is free or an app is paid. And this, it is a simple time. People understand that if you get, you get an app and it's free, it's free. And if you pay for something, you paid for it. And this goes great for a while. But eventually, app developers come together and say, that's great, Apple. But wouldn't it be nice if I could get more money from my users periodically through some kind of purchase mechanism inside of my application? And Apple says, you know, sure, that, that does seem like a nice thing. And especially because, you know, we have this, this concept of a paid app, like that seems a perfect place for this. And so we'll make this thing called in-app purchase. Right now, rather than just paying for something up front, you can also pay for things subsequently inside of the app. And this is only available for uh, paid applications because a free app should be free. Uh, and a paid app is where, you know, we pay for things. Makes sense. This goes on for a very short amount of time. And then we, <laughs> our, our developers get together and say, that's great, Apple. But I make free apps. Wouldn't it be great if I could make money and pay for and have people pay for things inside of my free app? Like that would be great. And originally, Apple had said, "Well, a free app should be free, and a paid app is where the paying should happen." But uh, okay, sure. Let's let's do in-app purchase in, in free apps as well. This is great, and a whole variety of interesting things start to come out of out of this. And the app store grows, and the app store develops, and things uh, progress for several years. And, and Apple makes a ton of money from it all. And everybody makes lots of money. It's tons of money. In <laughs> fact, people have been are making so much money that they come they they start to think to themselves and they say, "This is great, Apple, but you know, I've made this app. It's making all this money. Like things are great. I kind of would like to be able to give this app to, or sell this app to someone else." I don't want to have to like create a shell company and do some weird app, like company transfer thing and get lawyers involved. C can I just like transfer this like in a, in a clean way within the app store? Like that would be wonderful. And with a few caveats and, and issues along the way, Apple says, okay, sure. Yes. You, you have the ability to transfer apps, um, between developer accounts. We'll, we'll make that happen. And I think you're being very kind with a few caveats. There. <laughs> sure. This is. Marco, we're sitting by us. We're sitting by a fire. <laughs> this is this is the happy version of this story. Sorry, okay? Uncle Dave. Shh. Keep going. Just just stop interrupting. <laughs> so everything is happy in Appland. We're making we're making these apps. We're able to build them up into products that we can potentially even sell to other people. Um, but something that's, that just just keeps bugging us. And you know, we start to think about review stars. Review stars. Now they are they have been an issue for us this, the, the whole time in since the App Store first began. People have been holding stars hostage. Um it, it's a really awkward thing cuz every time I do an update, 
my star review, my star uh, rating reverts back to zero. And that kind of is awkward. I don't really want to have to be scared of, of, of submitting updates just because it's going to reset my rating and then people won't buy my app. It's, it's awful. So this is great, Apple. But could we do something about this? Could we make it so that our review stars don't reset all the time? And Apple says, well, I mean, it's tricky because, I mean, part of why we want to do that is because it's, we want the app, the rating to reflect the current state of the application. And so if we don't let the, the, the rating ever reset, it could be a little awkward. But, you know, I think you're right. I, I think it's better overall for people to not be shy about issuing updates because they're worried that it's going to review the rating. So we'll get rid of that. Now things could progress. Things develop. This is the App Store is a, a, a rich and vibrant ecosystem, and it is on ever increasingly impressive devices. And these devices have increasingly Im- impressive and more capabilities. And one of these things that they get um, is a magical technology called Touch ID, which it does away with the the need to enter in our uh, Apple ID password every time we want to buy something. And if at first this was not necessarily the intention of this this technology, but it's something that Apple does. And we say, this is great, Apple, but can we use this for in-app purchases too? Like, can we use this everywhere that someone's going to change money? And Apple says, absolutely. We're going to make Touch ID um, just used for purchasing anywhere you want. And so this is great. It, it makes it so seamless and flawless that people can just instantaneously be buying our stuff. And that, what could go wrong? Now, one thing that has always kind of sat in the back of our minds as app developers is you know, it's like, well, we like making money and money is great. And we like this in-app purchase thing. It's great. It's in, it's in, all, of, it's in all of our apps now, whether it makes sense or not, it's in there. But you know what would be even better than in-app purchase is rather than just asking them to give us money once, wouldn't it be great if we could get money multiple times? So in-app purchase is great, Apple, but can't we do subscriptions? Can't we have them just keep giving us money forever? Like, that seems way better than a one-time purchase. Like, who wouldn't want to keep giving us money forever? We're app developers. We deserve this. And so Apple says, okay, yes, we're going to do subscriptions. But at first, we're only going to do it for content apps. And then, okay, well, we'll expand it a little bit and we'll do it for apps that have um, like network components or kind of this ongoing physical tangible cost. And then eventually, we, you know, we, we say this is great, Apple, but what we really want is to be able to offer, ask for subscriptions for anything we want. And eventually Apple gives into this and says, sure, go ahead. You can have subscriptions in anything you want for basically any reason you want. Just ask people for money and they will give it to you forever. Wonderful. Um, things progress. Things get great. And then the last thing that we think about is, you know, it is kind of hard, though, Apple, for people to find my app. I really wish there was a way that I could take some of this money that I'm getting all the time from all my in-app purchases, my subscriptions, with my app that has all these great star rankings. I wish I could put my app in front of people, whether or not it necessarily makes sense or not, or just I want to be able to give you money and you give me exposure. So Apple, And so we say it to Apple one last time. This is great, Apple, but couldn't you give us a way to do this? And they say, yes, we will do search ads and we will let you provide a mechanism by which you can give us uh, money and we will put your app in front of users. And you can use this to uh, promote engagement. You can do all kinds of things where you can uh, buy keywords related to other people's applications. You can put your app in front of someone who you're trying to compete with. Like this is a really um, useful way for us to kind of expand our reach in the app store. 
And this is largely where we find ourselves now. So we've brought ourselves back from the years of 2008 to 2019 and all of these ways that Apple has enhanced and improved the App Store. And like all good stories that one tells sitting by a fire on a crisp autumn night, uh, this, this story has a bit of a moral. And the unfortunate moral for this particular story is that all of these things that Apple has done for us over the years in aggregate and in isolation, are all positive for the platform. And I think there are certainly caveats and tricky things with that, but overall, they're pretty good. But the awkward moral of these kinds of things is anytime Apple has given us anything, inevitably, people find a way to use it to make terrible things and abuse it to make scams to rip people off. And that is the moral of our story. Because and the reason I tell, told to tell this story is, is there's a current situation in the App Store that I just think it, it draw, drew my eye because of how all of these things that Apple has done to improve our lives over the, over the years makes it possible for people to do the scam. And there's a great summary of the scam that Becky Hansmeier wrote uh, on her blog, which was like how to flip an app for a profit. And the way the scam works is you find an app that was once successful or has at least been in the App Store for a long time, um, ranks reasonably well for search. You buy it um, from someone for who knows how much. You use the you know the app transfer mechanism. When you do the transfer, you keep their review stars. Then you change the app so that it is full of in-app purchases and ideally subscriptions, um, lots of subscriptions for a kind of absurd amounts of money where it's like, I'm going to charge you $5 a week for this app that... I don't know, is a bubble level or is a background, um, is like, it contains backgrounds that you can set for set as your wallpaper or something like that. Um, it fills up with those. I'm going to buy tons and tons of search ads, like just all the money with search ads. And I'm going to try and write, just, just pour money into that so that I get a certain, a, a relatively high number of people downloading the app. The app is free. So people get it right away. Then they just, they're lambasted with all of these things to try and get subscriptions. Um, if they have a touch ID phone, you can do all kinds of really fun tricks where because they, you make it so that they can't easily get out of the app. Like you just keep showing them the subscription prompt. And so what do they have to do? Well, they want to go to the home button to, to get out of the app. And if you press the home button with your thumb and you have a touch ID phone, well, you just bought the subscription, whether or not you realize that or not. And this is the scam that is currently in the app store. I mean, I don't know how broad this is. I've seen it myself several times with competitors for me. This was an app that this is a situation that Becky ran into. And it's just kind of sad to me that all of the, it is made possible by all of these technologies and all of these things that Apple did for our benefit that we asked for. Um, and then someone will find a way to make it terrible. And I think thinking about that has made me tremendously sympathetic to Apple and sympathetic for how difficult a position they find themselves in because we will ask for things that will make us better and that for the sort of the ethical moral developer would are sort of tools for good for making more sustainable businesses for making things more in more um sort of better relationships with our customers that make a better user experience like in many ways are so good and then you combine them all together into a way that someone will always find a way to make it into something awful I mean, this is a combination of a bunch of different factors and problems and design flaws that make this particular scam possible and make it make it effective. And, and you know, and this scam, like, I feel like they could change this. They could totally neutralize this scam or mostly neutralize the scam by a few minor changes. Like, for instance, um, I think it, you should probably consider resetting the app summary rating when it changes ownership. 
and also if it adds, removes, or changes what in-app purchases are available. That seems like kind of a, an easy way to, to you know nip this in the bud. But the reality is that scams like this are always going to exist and are always going to be possible and are always going to be exploited. And they're just, you know, it's it's kind of a game of whack-a-mole that Apple has to play because what Apple has created is a way for people to make lots of money really easily from anywhere in the world. So, of course, you're going to have a huge, like, attack surface there for scams and fraud. And Apple has also inserted themselves, you know, by doing app review, by requiring all iOS software to to run through app review and to be in the app store and not have any, you know, not having, like, side loading or anything, Apple has placed themselves in the role of gatekeepers and police of the App Store. And they it is their responsibility, therefore, to try to avoid situations like this being possible. When one is possible, it's their responsibility to crack down on it, to, to filter out as much as possible during app review, and you know, to whatever degree is not possible for that, to be actively policing the App Store uh, for this kind of stuff, for these kind of scams and shutting them down. And also, it's their responsibility to try to design the UI and the purchase flows and things like that in the first place to be more resilient to fraud attempts, to to be you know easier for customers to spot fraud and deal with it and avoid it. And some of those things Apple's doing a good job on. Some of them they're not. And I feel like one of the reasons we keep getting these scams, you know, this is this is one of many. App Store scams, uh, and I think the ones since subscription uh, billings have been available to all apps. Uh, I think I think they've gotten worse, and it's tricky because Apple makes a lot of money from these. So like, there's there's also a, a cynical angle of like anything that causes people to feed more money into the App Store, kind of against their will. Yeah, some percentage of those will call Apple and get refunds, but I bet it's not most. Uh, even if it's just some. That's still a ton of money going through the app store that customers didn't intend, and Apple gets 30% of all that. So Apple is really making a lot of money from these mistakes, and they also have a strong monetary incentive to keep the purchase flow smooth and easy and as few steps as possible because they don't want people to be roadblocked when they're trying to spend money. Because again, not only is it a bad experience, but again, Apple makes money from all this. So there's a lot of different factors here that like, Apple has a pretty strong cynical financial incentive to not slow this down too much. But obviously they have the responsibility as the App Store gatekeepers and police uh, to to you know clamp down on obvious scams. And throughout the last few years, uh, or maybe even longer, like as as many of these scams have become visible in the App Store, where you'll have like, you know, I think the a more common scam is, or which is kind of part of this, is like an app that prompts you for subscription for a feature that you know it's like you know a weather app and it's like oh you know subscription you know free trial just start now free trial and then little tiny somewhere on the screen there's like you know we'll renew at you know 12.99 a week (laughs) or something and it's like you know some some price almost always per week because i believe that's the shortest subscription interval apple will let you do that if you were just skimming it for the price you might you would never assume it would be a weekly interval <laughs> and and even and the price of course it was you know small and so they would they would make it some price that you would assume would be the price per month or per year and it was actually per week so you're spending you know four and a quarter times more than you might have thought or more um and, and then they auto renew really quickly after that week and and you get billed and, and you know whatever percentage of those you know will, will not get refunded the app developer just gets to keep and it's this kind of exorbitant price for a fairly simple thing 
you know, as as you mentioned, Dave, the touch ID sensor being like the home being in the home button kind of makes people accidentally buy things by touch ID when they're trying to just hit the home button to get out of the app. Like there's a whole mess of issues here. And some of them are design flaws. Like the purchase sheet, I think, you know, and you you wrote a nice blog post about this a few months back. The in-app purchase uh, subscription confirmation sheet is a terrible design. It is not clear at all. It you know it, it that the whole like purchase sheet since whatever it was that 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 design was introduced a few years back. It looks kind of kind of like a store receipt. I mean, all, the, all this like tiny all caps black text against a white background, and it's it it looks pretty, I guess, but it's a terrible conveyance of clear information the way it's designed and. You know, again, I, I think this is you know, design. <laughs> this is design over function here. Uh, but you know, it's it's a it doesn't clearly tell people like, hey, you're about to spend you know X dollars per week or per month on this thing. Um, I would like to see things like the sheet showing you what your annual price will be. <laughs> like, no matter what the subscription term is, I'd let the sheet to say you know whatever the price they want to show, fine. But then like below that, say you know. $349 a year, <laughs> right? Like whatever, whatever it would be like, you know, tell people what their annual price will be, like give them some kind of normalized or, or, or at least monthly, give them some kind of like normalized time interval that always shows so they can have some better idea of what it is. Uh, I would also suggest that app review should be extra critical and take an extra strong look at anything that has a one week interval because, you know, I, if, I mean, if it were totally up to me, I would eliminate one week subscription pricing because that, that would really hurt this kind of scam big time and there aren't that many uses for it it's i, I think like what is it the new york times is is there anything else that bills per week <laughs> like it's it's not it's not a very common interval usually when it is being used it's being used kind of scamily you know it, so anyway i'd get rid of the one week interval but that's just me but anyway like they the biggest uh i think you know the biggest way apple's falling down on this is not that some of this stuff gets passed app review. It's not that they haven't done a couple little tweaks to the share sheet or to the purchase sheet or to the way reviews are some are are kept between certain changes. That's all minor stuff. To me, the big thing here, the big failure, is that Apple doesn't seem to be policing the app store. Like they don't like it seems like almost every time there's some kind of big scam, you can just go to like the top paid chart or the top grossing chart, whatever it is. And you can see all these apps clear as day. They're not hard to find. And if these are all the things that are top grossing or, or, if, or if there's some clear trend in the top grossing chart, so often it seems like it takes blog posts from the community to bring this to Apple's attention. It honestly seems like nobody's watching those lists inside of the company who has the power to change anything about it. And that, I think, is weird. Like, shouldn't Apple be watching their own store after app review, after the fact, shouldn't people be monitoring, hey, what apps are making a lot of money all of a sudden? And is there anything you know fishy about them? And it seems over time, it just seems over and over again, that they're not checking, that they're not actually watching. Yeah, and I think there's there's an element, it's like the if you imagine policing as the metaphor for kind of what they should be doing here, it's like it's the difference between having like a checkpoint on the way into a neighborhood. Where like you go into a you're you're going into a neighborhood and say they had like a security gate at, on the outside and there's someone there who kind of like checks your credentials maybe like searches your car makes sure everything's good to go and then lets you in and if that's the only level of security that you have in your neighborhood that's not that great in the sense that versus having a policeman who say strolls up and down the street every now and then and just makes sure that everything's okay. Like, <laughs> that's literally why there are police patrols like yeah. y- y- like police don't just come when you call them 
they're also driving around and walking around all the time. There's a reason for that. Yeah, there's that sense that, and and I think too, it's what I would love to see that is mostly because I understand I've how difficult of a thing this is because there is so much of it that is hard to like where is the line between something that is a scam and something that is just expensive right like it's there's a certain amount of judgment that has to go into that and so i understand that that's awkward but then at the same time it's it seems there, there there comes a point in many most of these apps where it's like it becomes clearly clear that this is cross that line but they're not necessarily sort of looking at looking at it or looking for it. And I appreciate that that's difficult, but hopefully this is something that and like I want ultimately too. I would love I would be sad if Apple f- f- would became inc- would be like reluctant to give us new tools and opportunities inside of the App Store because they were worried because of just you know it's like because of the the fear of how they can be abused which I'm sure is a big part of why many of these improvements and things that have come over the years are sl- you know, sort of, from our perspective in some ways, sort of slow and very methodical, and we wish they had happened sooner. Because I imagine Apple is very aware that this is how it's going to go. And I would hope in some ways, though, that like the way to deal with that isn't necessarily to not create the tool. It's to have active enforcement on the other side to, that, to, to, to tamp down issues before they reach out into customers um, in the first place. We are brought to you this week by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. You can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, just drop them an email, give them a call, or just chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier for you, whatever suits you best. And they have super useful guides and support documentation, so if you need to quickly look something up, you can super Super easily do that. Then I have their new management panel up at cloud.linode.com. It is a single-page application built using the cutting-edge React.js stack and is backed entirely by their public API, and it's open source. And they have all sorts of advanced features like two-factor authentication to keep all your data safe and secure. I use Linode. Dave uses Linode. i got to say, it's just my favorite web host. I've been with them for like eight years now. Absolutely love Linode, and I strongly recommend it myself. So, they have pricing options to suit everyone. Plans start at one gig of RAM for just $5 a month. And they offer lots of specialty things above that as well. Things like high memory plans, dedicated CPU plans, and more. And they have a special offer for all of us. Listeners of the show, you can go to linode.com slash radar and use promo code radar2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On that one gig plan, that could be four months for free. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash radar and promo code radar2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Yeah, I think, like, I, I, I understand why it's hard for Apple to do things like police, whether something is exorbitantly expensive, right? Like, Because, again, you know, who knows what that means? Different people have different opinions, and it, and it puts Apple in a weird position to try to judge things that are so subjective. I think what instead they need to focus on then is making it easier for users to make that decision with the full information that we should have. And that's why, like, I think you know, things like design tweaks to the purchase sheet are going to be way more effective than anything app review could possibly do. I think the challenge here is that this is two different parts of the company, right? Like this is like, you know, design of purchasing is probably a totally different organization of in the company than the like, you know, app review and app store policy side. 
and uh, and and maybe they haven't been able to coordinate on this, or maybe that maybe they aren't they aren't able to for some reason. But to me, like that's it, there's so much low hanging fruit to try to avoid app store scams in the design of the purchase flow that they just seem to not be doing. Yeah, because I think like when, when, ultimately, I think that, like the things that come to come to mind is that in two ways, the, like the whether or not, whether or not something's a scam is ultimately in how the person how the end customer feels about the transaction is is like which is an awkward definition in some ways because they could just have misunderstood they thought they were getting something and they didn't and now they feel scammed oh yeah and like people have like, accused me of running scams ever since day one of the app store sure like and that's un- that, that's awkward and that's unfortunate and that's ultimately why i think apple is hard for them to necessarily be in that place so the biggest things that i think that apple can do though yeah it's like on the there's the upfront side of making it clear that if someone is parting with money, they are doing it um, with as much information, with as much clarity, with as much um, sort of, in, in, I think maybe intentionality is probably the best word for it, that they are doing it on purpose. They know what they're getting. They're not going to be surprised by a charge in the future. They're not going to be surprised that they just spend $300 a year on a step counting app. Like they're, going into it intentionally. And if someone wants to spend huge amounts of money on kind of a silly utility, like more power to them, like that's great. But they need to be doing it intentionally and not just accidentally or because they were tricked or because it's a, like the thing that I see a lot now is like the free trial button is just to continue, which then starts the con- which starts a trial, which like there's lots of things that can just become very intentionally misleading or at least um, or even if or benignly misleading and then on the flip side i think there's an element of making it so that getting a getting a refund from a customer has always been one of these things in the app store that felt it's like it's incredibly awkward you go to this like if you want to get one you go think you record report a problem.apple.com which i think still has like an aqua ui to it like it's this very old kind of weird web form that you go through and like select the thing that you had a problem with and request a thing and it goes to a person and that person can then like may or may or may not process a refund it's like i don't understand why this is this where it's like any purchase seems like within like within like a day or two should probably be refundable like just make it refundable and if it isn't like i don't know it's like that's the way m- many things in life work where you can buy something and if you don't like it you can take it back and it gets, it, it takes the wind out of a lot of this kind of scam because if you make it easy for people to request their money back because they feel scammed then the person ultimately doesn't end up with the money it takes sort of the, the you know the the financial incentive out of a lot of this because the money just never goes to anybody so in which case if they're spending huge amounts of money on search ads and they're not actually able to, to sort of recoup that by scamming people then they won't be doing it. Um, and this is one of these things that there are many difficult things with you know, refunds because what if someone uses a huge amount, you know, they're buying something that has a financial cost or uses a resource and they go and they use it and they use all this resource and then they ask for the money back. It's like, sure. I get that that's awkward. Just take that into account um, when you're, you know, when you're building your system. And if you make a perfect, like I think a refund window of a day or two it's entirely possible as a developer to plan around that, to expect that this is going to happen, and to you know n- not end up in a terrible place as a result. Yeah, and, and didn't Windows Mobile or Android even do that? I, th- I think one one of the other platforms did. I, th- I believe Android has a. I think it's a 
24-hour return refund policy on any purchase, which I think is perfectly seems very reasonable. Yeah, and like this is another thing. Like you know, going back to you know UI or process things. Like one of the reasons why subscription scams were so popular in the first place is that it has been so historically difficult to find out how to how and where in the UI to cancel a subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like it's really hard like they've, they've made a few little gains here and there that make it a little bit easier now but you know that's been hard you mentioned refunds that's i'm hearing from people now that they i, I i'll you know i'll occasionally get an email from somebody saying hey i bought premium but it wasn't what i wanted or whatever can i have a refund and every time i have to, I have to tell them you know, i'm sorry i can't issue you a refund but you know here's here's where you can get one from apple and i linked to the i listened to the imore article that <laughs> tells you about app store refunds um but then a lot of times people are emailing me saying i already asked apple and they told me to contact you for the refund. So I'm like, oh no! Like, what? What is Apple support telling people? Whatever Apple support is telling people, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And uh, or or they're asking me to cancel their subscription, which I can't do. Like, I literally have no power to cancel somebody's subscription. They have to do it through you know the Apple interfaces. And people don't know that. But yeah, it's just like all this stuff. Like, this could be solved by better UI, better tools, you know, more clear explanations, better support on Apple's side. And I just I, I hope they I hope they start taking this more seriously than they have because it just seems like they have not been trying as hard as they could in these areas and they need to be you know better policing the app store after the fact watching for scams and and actually having whoever's responsible for watching for scams have some input into the UI design of the purchase flow and the uh, managing subscriptions interface. Yeah, and I think too it's because I would love for them to continue to feel empowered and capable of improving the app store and making it better and not being so worried that when they give us these great tools that we're going to immediately turn around to them and abuse them. Cause I understand that's really awkward. And I'm very sympathetic for that, but I think appropriate enforcement and appropriate design would open up their ability to just improve the app store and continue to make it a better and better place, which is ultimately what I want. And what I think hopefully what Apple wants too. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.